Okay, hope everyone's doing well. I'm really excited about this particular uh, series of, um, of Torah classes because I've actually, while I've learned the uh, original text, the ancient text uh, that's about um, 1800 years old from the, uh, the Mishnah in, in Ethics of the Fathers, I've, I've probably studied that uh, many, many times and I've discussed it even on Zoom, but I've never quite uh, gone through it uh, the way that Rabbi Noah Weinberg of blessed memory, uh, um, the way he, he did it. And what he did really in the 60s, and I see he's on Zoom here, uh, um, uh, but uh, what he did in the 60s and the 70s as he was kind of reaching out to the uh, the Jewish hippie generation in Israel is that he was trying to find ways to, to share Judaism in a way that, that would be appealing to people. And instead of uh, reinventing the wheel, he figured, well, you know, when, uh, when Judaism started, uh, God knew it would be around for a while. So, you know, he said there's no need to think of something new. So what he did was he went to the actual text and it says, and, 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 and this is the source for uh, many, many uh, hours of discussion. Uh, tonight will not be many hours, don't worry. Um, is the sixth Mishnah in the, in, the, in the sixth chapter of Ethics of the Fathers. And it says there very clearly, it says Torah is fantastic. It's very great. It's greater than priesthood. It's greater than royalty. Why? Because it says that Torah is acquired, meaning one can connect to it, by means of 48 qualities. Which means there's 48 different ways that, which really could encompass any type of personality. So it's, uh, it's really amazing how, uh, as, as we go through these different uh, ways of acquiring they're, they're so diverse and so different, and for all types of personalities, um, obviously each one won't necessarily be a, a person's strongest way of connecting, but it's 48 ways of wisdom, and uh, it became extremely popular, and uh, it's now it's been put into books, it's been online lectures, it's all, all over the place, so what I'm, what I'm endeavoring to do is in, is, uh, in my own uh, humble way. I want to uh, try to go through uh, the way, the general way that that he taught it. Uh, it's obviously going to be uh, my own little, uh, my own uh, twist on it. But it's the general idea that he that he felt that these forty eight things that are listed in this in this Mishnah are the source for really anyone who wants to connect to. Uh, to Torah specifically, Judaism in general, and really, he looked at it as the blueprint for a happy, successful life, and that, and and that's why it's called the Forty Eight Ways of Wisdom, and that's the introduction. So, thank you for coming on, and uh, let's jump right in. So, what's the first one? We're going to talk about the first one. The first one in the Mishnah, sixth chapter in Ethics of the Fathers is called, kind of a obvious place to start, Talmud, which means study. 
You want to know, you want to become wise, you got to learn, you got to study. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, a number of, of nuances of what it means to study. Probably heard people, I've heard many, many times, why you just study, 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 study. Well, there, there's a, there's a method to it. And we're going to, we're going to see what, how we can uh, make, how, how we can feel uh, this, this number one thing. The number one way of wisdom is study. So you, you may have been in traffic in your life. And a lot of times when you're in traffic, you kind of like you become friends, quote unquote, with the, the two lanes next to you. You know, for an hour, they go in front of you. They go back and back and forth for like an hour. You kind of you kind of uh, learn the license plate and the, 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 the hair of everyone next to you. But let's, let's say you're in that thing and you notice that the car on to the side of you slides a dollar bill out the window. Is that interesting? And then five minutes later, you see the car does it again. Drop another dollar bill out the window. And this happens over the course of 45 minutes. You see someone dropping $5 bills out the window. Say, crazy, you're wasting money. What are you doing? You wouldn't trust that person. With any, with any money, you wouldn't loan them money. They clearly don't value money. Shirley Weinberg used this famous parable, and he said, you know, have you ever seen someone on the road or on a bus, quote-unquote, waste five minutes? We all have. We've done it. We've done it many, many times. Well, what's more important, a dollar or five minutes? Now, we're not supposed to get neurotic here, but just to kind of give a framework here. Well, if you say five minutes is worth more than a dollar, then time is time is money. The same way it's absurd to us to, to throw even a dollar, throw a quarter, throw a nickel, throw a penny out the window. So that's the first thing. The first thing is to recognize that time is money. And the, and the, and the way we're going to break this down there's five points on, on what it means to study. The first one is, it's a constant thing. It's a constant thing. Time is money. It's got to be something. Uh, we're going to talk about it. It's not supposed to be a, a neurosis thing, an overwhelming thing, but just an appreciation. So the first one is the constant aspect of it. Second one is that it's continuous. It's something that doesn't have interruptions. Number three, it's something that's consistent, has a certain amount of rhythm to it. Number four, something that includes review, cyclical, it's repetitive. And we're gonna, we're gonna have a few points on, e on, on, on each of these. And the fifth one is, it's something that's comprehensive, it's pervasive. So constant, continuous, consistent, repetitive, and pervasive. Number one. Constant. First thing is, so we we kind of gave this interesting analogy. Time is money. Five, you know, five minutes is worth more than a dollar. Well, I'm, I kind of said that, but I actually said it on my supper table tonight. And my kids, instinctively, some of them said a dollar is worth more. Well, in their mind, a dollar is probably worth a lot more than to us. My my five year old is like a dollar for sure. 
right? And my, my eight-year-old was kind of not sure. So the first thing we have to do, if we want to say that something is going to be a constant thing, something that's going to be, you know, not waste, not something that you want to waste time, well, you need to make a decision how you perceive life. What is life? Do you make, in order for one not to waste it, the decision would have to be something along these along these lines that you make a decision to live a life of absolute pleasure which is the reason why god created us and the definition of that pleasure is being fully aware and being in being in reality it's an understanding that life is an opportunity and you want to use your mind and be constantly moving towards that goal as much as you can. Now, so I'll just say that again. It's a pretty simple statement. Life is an opportunity. I want to use my mind and be constantly moving toward my goal. How about you? That's a little bit like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. Well, it doesn't mean be a workaholic. It doesn't mean to be addicted to anything. But it does mean to have an appreciation of what life is, and then you have a constant striving, and everything you do can be a part of that. Of course, you sleep. Your sleep gives you the energy for that. And you eat, you exercise. You can be a reg. It's just an appreciation of this is something that I want to do as much as I, with my own limitations and my, my own personality, as much as I can do. So that's number one. Making a decision that life is, in fact, something which is something you don't want to waste. And then as much as possible, then you'll be able to, to live up to that. But you first have to make that decision and come to that appreciation. To whatever degree you can come to that decision and clarity, that will play itself out with how you spend your time. That's the A of number one. B Question. of number one. Question. 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 Go for it. Okay. So we're using our mind to reach our goal. What yes. is our goal? Your goal is to to be happy. Use <laughs> to achieve the pleasure that life has to offer. Okay. You, so just be aware that we're using our mind to achieve pleasure. Right. Now you can spend a long time figuring out the exact nuances of that pleasure, but it's being aware that life is full of pleasure to be had, you need to be aware of that. Is that clear? Good, thank you. Okay, thank you for asking. Anyone can uh, always chime in. Okay, so that, that, that was number one, that was A of number one. B, this is gonna sound, again, I'm talking to myself here. This is just as much for me as for everyone else here. So please don't think, uh, I think I've mastered this at all. B is avoid being a decadent person. Now, what's a decadent person? Well, we're going to define it kind of like in a nice Jewish way. We're going to define it with a question. What is the opposite of pain? Some people would say comfort. Some people would say pleasure. You can think what you would say. Tell me what you would say. But think about it for a second. 
if the opposite of pain is comfort, where do you have most comfort? Things aren't painful, unfortunately, when person's unconscious. That's certainly not our goal, right? So what, what's the true opposite of pain? The true opposite of, of pain is not the absence of pain, because that won't necessarily get you anywhere. The opposite of pain is pleasure. And ask anyone, no pain, no gain, there's all kinds of slogans. Pain, I, I, I have a student, he tells me, his mother always tells him pain's a good thing. Now, she's not abusive or anything like, like that. She's a wonderful woman, right? But, 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 the, but, the, but, the, but the B of this is, is to recognize that it's not pain or difficulty or challenge is part of the program. You ask most parents, what, what's, what gives you the most stress in life? What gives you the most heartache? I love my kids, but probably going to say my kids. And you ask me, what, will give, what gives me the most pleasure in life? Certainly up there is the kids. You go through your job, you go through relationships. So the B of it is that a decadent person is a person that's goal in life is to not have pain and to have comfort. So we need to move from going from the opposite, the, the trajectory is pain, which has to happen sometimes, but we're headed towards pleasure. It's not a pain that's a trajectory towards lack of pain or a trajectory of comfort. Obviously we wanna be comfortable, we wanna be able to function properly, but pain, running away from pain itself is not the right direction. It's got to be headed in the direction of pain towards pleasure, not pain towards a comfort zone. Okay, so that is the B of number one. So the second point on doing something constant is you have to have an appreciation that there, that pain or something challenging is going to be part of the process. And that one's pretty clear. And this C really go, kind of goes along with A and B. It's kind of all blending together and is under one, one, one uh, numeral here. Is And this really goes back, I think, to the question that was asked is, is life good? Is life good? If it is good, then you want to be aware. You want to be as... as fully present as you can if it's something that's good you're going to whenever you, you go to disneyland you go to you want to you go to a restaurant you're with someone you when you are at, you when you are totally convinced that something is good you want to be as present and aware as possible of what's going on you know I, unfortunately this is fresh off the press i i talked to a, a young woman yesterday 25 year old woman unfortunately abused uh, from her parents by a very young age and she now needs a very very expensive uh, treatment and it was tens of thousands of dollars and she said to me I, I never thought I'd hear a person say this she says to me you know what I don't think I'm worth that much money my life's not worth that much money I, I, I talked to her for a long time but I we have now think I were all not in that position but we need to, the more we clarify, is life good? 
then if something's good, once you determine it's good, it kind of goes with the thing before that, like, like anything, takes time to master it. You know, before you knew how to ride a bike, you, you saw someone who was, who was riding a bike, took time. You ever see someone ride a unicycle? Anyone, I mean, not anyone, but pretty much you, you put in your time to, to master anything. You have to master a way, and you master your own tools within that way. So it's going to take time, and that's why if something's going to take a lot of time, you have to put in a lot of time, as much as you can. And once you get to that point, well, you, you kind of have clarity. Life's good. I, I want to be aware. I want to be. I want to take as much, uh, I, I take advantage of much of this opportunity as I can. So then you kind of just do it. Just got to do it. And, and 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 a lot of what we tell ourselves, and I tell myself sometimes, you know, you have to relax, and, re and you, you, you need breaks. You, we're, we're human beings, but a lot of what we tell ourselves we need is a myth. Sometimes we have to switch gears. You know, there's there there's breaks and vacations that set us back, and there's breaks and vacations that spring us forward. Getting some fresh air could help you go forward, right? But but uh, that's something to uh, to keep them mind. Now, the, the the next point on this, if you sign, you're going to be busy with so much time, right? So you have to know what you're going to study. You know, someone could set aside 10 hours a day. I know people, they'll set aside tons of time to do something, whatever they, it might be, fundraising. I've done a lot of fundraising in my day. I know people who they say, okay, that's it. I set aside 20 hours a week to fundraise. And they'll call me and say, okay, I don't know what to do. Right? So like anything important in life, you got you to gotta learn what to do and how, and how to do it. And thank God today, as many people and resources available for that. And this is just a couple more nuances of the same idea. You have to take it as serious as you would a business. You have a job. This is the job of life. You plan ahead for something that's important. You organize something that's important. And the last point on the on number one is that it's it's on, it's it's for your full time on this planet. You know, I see people, and I think there's actually some of these people on this. On this on this class, thank God, you know there are people who are retired, and if you, quote unquote, jump on the wisdom wagon, you know a person has so much they can do when they're retired. I'm not saying there's not challenges uh, at different times in life, but it's the kind of thing that it's it's forever, it's forever, and and, and retirement is something to look forward to. In uh, if a person jumps on the wisdom wagon. But it's very hard to do that automatically, you know, if it, you're going to turn a switch on when a person is 100. But the more a person is tuned in with wisdom, then they can they just, the more time they have, they'll be able to use it. Okay, that's it for number one. Doing something constantly takes all these ingredients. Now, the next thing, and this is, I think, maybe the most challenging one for uh, people in our generation, is two, is that it's continuous. You ever try boiling a pot of water? Hey, how long it takes to get a rolling boil, a different kind of boil. But every kind of boil you want to get, you can't keep taking it off the fire. Let's say it takes 15 minutes. You can't put it on for a minute, take it off, minute, take it off. It's got to be 
certain amount of time straight. And the way our brain and our whole essence works is interruptions highly, highly set us back and slow us down and, and, and make it hard to, to learn new things. So the, the, the goal is to have some time or something, some situation where you, you're not being interrupted by anything. It's very hard today. Very, very hard. But again, it's not all or nothing. But in general, I saw a stat that person could study more in one hour of uninterrupted than like four hours of interrupted. It's just, it's, it's just incredible. So whatever goal you can have, you know, yeah, be practical, you know, fi find a short amount of time, something that you can have some sort of, of, of lack of interruption. And it's amazing. It's amazing what, 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 what you can, you surprise yourself when you don't have an interruption from a phone or someone else, how, how much can happen. Now it's not gonna happen all the time, but to have that paradigm, because you know what, for the next 15 minutes, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna think about this. I'm gonna study this. I'm gonna be aware of something. I'm gonna focus on something. That, that's, a, that's a hard thing. Sit down, don't get up, don't get a drink, don't do this, don't go to the bathroom, just step. And this is something that, that they teach in rabbinical school. It's not easy, but um, it's amazing when you, do, when you do something uninterrupted, how much you could, I know for myself, how much I, I, I can, I, when I really want to get something done, I actually go away from my computer because it just uh, can't get anything done. Okay, now with saying that reality, uh, as Americans, that's not something that we're used to. We're used to getting around, moving around, but it's something that for most of history, people really did, and uh, we can do it too. The last idea, which Rabbi Weinberg, uh, this is just, just a nice nuance, is that, you know, we sleep for a good amount of our lives, and we're supposed to sleep for a good amount of our lives. And he had this idea, and he, I've actually, I've heard this from many, many, many uh, great, great people, that you um, you go to sleep with a problem. A great rabbi in, uh, in Baltimore, my name was Rabbi Ruderman, he used to actually go to sleep with a Talmudic question, and he would regularly would wake up with an answer. So here's a way to, if you really, really want to, this is, your, you want to be wise. It's not always, doesn't always happen, but this concept of just capitalizing on everything even that sleep time, obviously, I don't want you to get insomnia or stay up, whatever, but you can even, you can even use that, that sleep time. Okay, so that was number two. Number two was continuous. Three, got to be consistent. Now, this is something which I, whenever I see great people, I, at least when I was younger, I had a little more audacity. I used to ask them, how did you become so great? And one of my great rabbis, uh, who I studied from a lot, he, you know, he's probably in his mid-50s. He's head and shoulders above, like, it's an incredible person. And he just has been consistent, 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 consistent. He sets times for things, and he does them day in, day out, day in, day out, 365. And a lot adds up. It's just, it just when you're consistent, consistent means a set time, a set place, a set, everything set. The more our, our bodies, we're very fragile. So the more we can have consistent, 
things just feed in much, 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 much better. Set time, set place, set way, maybe the same person, whatever it might be. As much consistency as you can have, especially the, 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 even the time of day, the amount of time of day, the, the time of day. And so when you're thinking of those times that you want to set to do things, it could be, even if it's not every day, whenever it might be, you want to make him, and you see this, Judaism is replete with this. God knew this, and he put things in that are natural and reasonable. They lend itself to this. For example, Modani, you wake up in the morning, first thing, you thank God for Modani uh, Fanacha. Thank you, God, um, for, for, for giving me life, for giving me another day. Be thankful for another day. Um, that's a same time natural thing you know a person can get in, into a into a habit they come home every day a certain time what do they think about on the way home what are they being aware of um there's so many things that you can do but as much as you can make that's a national because you, you only have so much fighting yet everyone's got a certain amount of fight so you want to limit that fight so the more set and rhythmic and natural it is and you kind of just go and you set yourself up and you go you know in the Yiddish, it's relatively recent, but I know when I was in rabbinical school, still am, there's this tendency to be a masmid. What's a masmid? A person who's like, you know, real studious and think of the guy who like bangs into walls because he's so tired and falling asleep and stayed up till 3 a.m. to study. But really, the Chavetz Chaim says, and, and you've, this, this is all, this is all over Jewish works, that a real, real masnid, someone who really is diligent, is a person who's constant. You know, a person who stays up till 3 a.m., two nights, they'll be done for a week. Consistency, day in, day out, day in, day out, as much as possible. You know, and uh, there's something, something that other Weinberg was very into, something even microscopic. But if you can think of something, that you can do for the rest of your life. He said, you can't imagine the power that gives you because you're plugging yourself into eternity. One classic example he gave was the Modani, the concept of every day you wake up in the morning and, you, and, you, and you're just thankful for being alive. That's something any person could do any day. Well, everyone could think for themselves, things like that. But the concept of of, of obviously without promises, but committing to, 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 to doing something on a consistent basis. It, give, it makes you feel like a million dollars. It gives you power. feels like you can take on the world. That's number three. A couple ideas on being consistent. Okay. So we got constant. We got continuous. We got consistent. And now we have repetitive, doing the same things over and over again. Now, in the Talmud, the Talmud, it talks about, it says a person wants to know something, got to review it at least 40 times. Something really important, the Talmud uses these numbers 101 times. It says you can't compare, the Talmud says you can't compare a person who studies something 100 times to the person who did it 101 times. And Rabbi Weinberg was, was uh, 
he commonly gave people advice when you get you, you got a slogan for yourself and it works you got to find something that works for you you know like remember the alamo right or let's say for for this class everyone can think of something else you got you know make every second count live to the max whatever 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 when you're trying to learn something or remember something you can take that and just repeat it over and over again. Let's say someone has a challenge with, with yelling at their kids. You know, it's not my challenge personally. I have other challenges. I don't like yelling, losing my voice, but I have plenty of challenges. Let's say someone would have that challenge. If someone said 101 times, don't yell at your kids, don't yell at your kids, don't yell. You say that 101 times, you know what's gonna happen the next time when you yell at your kids? <laughs> you you'll whatever it'll make an impact on you so that's that's the first thing you want it if something is wisdom is important it can't be just like a touch go saw it okay don't see it again like you know when i study for uh rabbinical tests it's just going over and over and over and over and i could do it a lot more than i do but that's that's the method and um so how do you so person has to, has to think about that Think about what what are things that I want I need I, I want or need to know more about so you can learn them again learn them different ways. Um, think about again the whole Jewish structure. God built all this in, and really, if we just you follow the program to whatever degree that you can, Shema, the most probably the most important line in Judaism, Shema Yisrael, listen, O Israel, God is the all powerful God. He is one. Jews, you say that twice a day in the prayers, before you go to sleep, a couple other times it's in, you take you, when you say it out from, when you take out the Torah, it's something which is constantly said. Why? Because it's one of the most, most important pieces of wisdom that we have. It's the main, it's the cornerstone of Jewish consciousness. You know, you always ask yourself, what am I living for? What's the purpose of life? Those are general questions. And everything else really is a tributary of that. What's this pleasure? What's this awareness that I'm trying to, to take ad, ad, advantage of? So review, review, review. The more you review something, you're able to, to take advantage of that wisdom. I could tell you that um, I'm, I'm trying, but uh, I see these great uh, Torah scholars. You know, yes, a, a lot of them are geniuses, but a lot of them, have they just have these... And I have a friend who's actually very good at this. Uh, it just not a particularly smart person, you know, kind of, I would say average intelligence at best. And he just, he's a system for himself. He's always reviewing and it's not, it's not like he's doing anything crazy. He's just, a, he's paying attention. He's paying attention. And it's a, it's an amazing thing when you uh, put that focus. Again, there's tons of ideas here, not to overwhelm anybody just to kind of take them all in and apply what you can when you can. All right, number five, pervasiveness, comprehensive. So it says in um, Ethics of the Fathers, in a, in a, in a, in a different Mishnah, which means to make your Torah, make your Judaism, make your wisdom, that it's keva, that it's your main thing. Umalach arai. And make your work temporary. So what that means is 
very likely most people have to put in way more hours in the work than they can in studying Torah. That, that's just the reality of the, of the way the world God made it. But when you ask a person, who are you? What do you do? Now, let's say someone was uh, about to go to sleep. You ask them, you know, who are you? You'd say, well, I'm a sleeper. Right? <laughs> Unfortunately, there's probably people who say that. Let's say you see someone who's uh, drinking a coffee. You know, would you say, I'm a coffee drinker? That's my essence. If someone's a lawyer, and you, so unfortunately in our society, you know, even from a young age, we ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? You kind of like, there's like, it's not meant to be this way. It's not meant to be, not, not meant to be insidious. But essentially, we are not our job. Now, it could be our job is our essence, depending on what it is. But you are so much. Even if someone says, you, you ask your average mother, can't be more an amazing, amazing thing to be than a mother. That is, that is hopefully a close second, right? Or, but oh, whatever it is, there's lots of good things to be. Single, married, whatever it might be. You are so much more than that one thing. A mother is an amazing thing. And most mothers will say they're their mother. That's who they are. But they're a, they're a wife. They're a child. They're a sibling. They're a friend. They're a community member. Don't, we, 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 we don't want to have this picture of who we are. We're not coffee drinkers. We're not sleepers. We're not even, in most cases, our occupations. Even myself. If I would say, and I have friends like, like this, and this is, this is actually a big debate. In, in every, even in my field, which you'd say is a life's calling, it's rabbi, it's spiritual. But if I say I am an outreach rabbi, I'm a community rabbi, that would severely limit who I am. I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a husband. I'm a sibling, a community member. I'm an individual. I'm Naftali Kar. And we all are who we are. So the more a person can say, I am a person who's a lifelong wisdom person, that 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 is completely comprehensive. It covers everything and every aspect of a person's life. The more and that's why you won't that's why you won't waste your time, and that's why you'll you do all the things. That we said that we that we've been discussing, that it's a question of who am I, who am I? Am, am I a person who wants to, to who realizes every moment in life is a precious opportunity? You know, it says I think it's going to be maybe in a week or two in the in the, in the Torah portion. It says that Abraham and Sarah were getting old, and the Torah says an interesting word. It doesn't say they're getting old. It says zakain, which means old. Ba-bayamim, which literally means they came with their days. So like all words, words in, the, in the Torah that seem to be extra. He says, what does that mean? They were old and they came with their days. So I believe Rashi says they came with full days. You know, a person can go through a whole year and have used one, one full day. You know? 
you know, I mean, I'm sure I have no time. Sometimes I'll, go, I'll sit down in front of my computer for a few hours, a lot to get done. You look back and you're like, it didn't happen. So again, this is not about getting depressed, overwhelmed, neurotic, just about getting an idea. And, and this is a, one of the ways of wisdom. Okay. Now, I'll give you an, another analogy or way of looking at it that Ronnie Weinberg used to give. And again, I, what I did was I studied many different um, ways that he shared it. And I've kind of thought about it a little bit. And he said, you know, let's say look at a five-year-old. Five-year-old's cute, maybe a little bit uh, creative, ambitious. And five-year-old is a beautiful thing to watch. I have a five-year-old now. It's just such a such a great it's such a great age, and uh, I can't get enough of him. You know, he cracks me up. He's cute. Even when he does things crazy, he's still cute. But let's say when he's ten, God willing, he's ten. He'll have grown into ten, and he should be. But let's say you had a five-year-old, someone who was that same person at five, at ten, and then ten to fifteen. 15-year-olds are not as cute, but cool. I have a 15-year-old. Love him. He's great. But I'm hoping if he's the same now at 20, 20, 25, 25, 30, 35, 40, 75, 80, 85, 90, right? It's not cute when something when something is the same or even worse, when it regresses. So that's, it's this, it's this pervasive life-long um, idea. So a, a couple quick tools, and then we'll do a quick review, and uh, we'll call it a night on the first way of wisdom. So I want just a couple kind of uh, take-homes. Talked about planning of what you want to accomplish. There's no, there's such a, there's a tremendous difference between planning and just randomly studying something. Review. Review as much as you can. You know, catch yourself when you're daydreaming or quote unquote wasting time and and, and, and do something during that time and, and just think about, wow, and imagine what I, show yourself what you can do in that time. You know, it doesn't only have to be about books. You, you, can, you can do a lot of thinking, just thinking, thinking about things, looking around the world, making observations. You can, it's a good, good thing to, to try to have something that you can memorize and always come back to. And think what works for you, catchphrases, inspirational ideas, slogans, things that you can get yourself going with. And the, everything kind of goes back to the question, what's the purpose of life? What am I doing on this planet? What do you want to study? What do you like? What have you always wanted to, uh, to, uh, to, 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 to study more? So everybody says, I've been always says time is money. So which is more important? Five minutes or a dollar. Time is the greatest thing you got. Don't waste, don't waste any time. And I'm talking to myself. So whenever I, I'm not I'm not Rade Weinberg, but when Rade Weinberg finished this class, he always left off a class with he gave a lot of ideas, and then he would he, uh, he would give a lot of ideas, and then he would kind of close out with giving a couple of very specific things a person could possibly do. 
So one suggestion, here we said all these ideas about, uh, about how, how to study, is a person could think of something that you've always, you've always had a burn, always had a question. Now, when I sit down for people, when I meet them for the first time, sometimes I ask them, I said, before we do all the small talk, or maybe after we do the small talk, you have any burning Jewish questions, something that you, you always wanted to explore more? And you know what? Maybe think of what maybe one of those, think of three things you always wanted to learn more about and, and spend an hour exploring it, exploring it on your own, exploring it with someone else. Maybe something you always say, yeah, I always wanted to know more, more about that. Or something that really bothers you, that you want, that, you know, uh, there's so many things. Try this idea of finding a very small amount of time, maybe 10, 15 minutes of absolutely uninterrupted Torah study. Uninterrupted, getting in touch with the, the awareness of the wisdom of the world. And lastly, you see this with, this is pretty common, and now it's pretty easy with phones, but have something available. There's so much dead time. A book, MP3 player, an article, something you can do with all that downtime. So very quick review is the number one way of wisdom is you gotta, you won't have wisdom without studying. There's five points on studying. First one is a constant thing. It's as much as you can do it. And you're only going to do something that much if you make a decision that life is an opportunity and you want to use as much of it as you can. The, the second point on that was don't be decadent. Recognize that pain the trajectory is pain towards pleasure, not pain towards comfort. Then you'll be able to put in that time. And then along those lines, you, you make a decision. Life is a good thing and it's going to take time. It's going to take time to learn a lot. We said just to do it, know what to study, know why you're studying it, and take it seriously the same way you would you would you would take a you would you would look at a business. You plan. You get organized, and it's 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 a it's a retirement job. As much as you can do, you'll have more time. Number two was continuous. Interruptions are interruptions. So as much as we cannot be interrupted, even use your sleep. Number three was be consistent. Set as much as you can have consistent as possible. Set time, set place, same topics. Use the natural and natural and reasonable rhythms that Hashem gave us. We have Modani first thing in the morning, but there's so many things that you don't you don't want to always be fighting. You want to set things up so you can have this wisdom always be coming in. We talked about a masman, a diligent person is a consistent person. Day in, day out, thing, a lot of things happen when you do things on a regular basis. We talked about repetitive. Something's really important, like the Shema. We do it every day num numerous times. You, something is really important, you review it a lot, you come up with slogans for yourself, and lastly, the comprehensiveness and the pervasiveness that you ask yourself, am I a sleeper? Am I a coffee drinker? Am I a lifelong learner? Am I a lifelong taking advantage of life opportunist? That's who we are. And if we do that, God willing, we will be well on our way to using the first way of wisdom. Thank you for calling on. Questions, comments, but thanks for coming on.
Shkoch, thank you. Thanks, Rav Noach. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, thanks everybody. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Rabbi Naftali.